It's Fresh Catch 2.0 with David Dean and Dave Ron. Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Dave Ron with my buddy David Dean. It's Fresh Catch 2.0. And this this felt really old school, David, because I didn't. We you said check one, two, and that was all there was. Not even the smidgen of small talk. I'm so proud of us for being disciplined. And normally we go over show notes and topics prior yeah. to uh, record, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't we? we? Yeah. Yes, we, we, we do. We usually go line by line. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm sure listeners, it's almost like if, be careful what you ask for. I wouldn't mind getting more feedback of what, Listeners would like us to either address, stay away from, uh, just just some good positive critique, some some feedback. You know, that's where you and I are different, my friend. I don't. Really <laughs> <remember>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just I don't really care what anybody. You and I are having a fun conversation, but. Maybe that's just being retired. Maybe that's it. No, actually, we, I think I was like that before I got retired, wasn't I? Uh, uh, um, I would say there are two factors that make me love Dave Run more today than I did 20 years ago. I think grandchildren have have softened you. Not that you were ever a hard, callous person, but... Um, I think your your grandkids have made you a bit more playful and combine that with retirement. It is a, uh, it's a, it's a relaxed Dr. Dave for sure. So, so sometimes, so one, one of the phrases that I like to think of in this stage of life is, and I think it was, I think it's from a Clint Eastwood movie is called get off my lawn. Just like, that's, that's the way I want to be. Get off my lawn. You know, this is, is it was that a Eastwood movie like um El Gran Torino or something like that? It was Gran Torino. He had uh yeah, he was in the in the Detroit area and had a I believe some, some Asian neighbors and and the neighborhood had turned upside down and he was just this old cranky cantankerous widower and uh yeah. I, I wouldn't mind having a teacher that says, I don't care. Yeah. Here's what I think you need to do, though. I think you'd need to, you, like, um, to make it a little more acceptable to Christians, have that a phrase in Greek. You know, so well, that's what's on. <laughs> the teacher, people don't know what it says, and you're not inclined to tell them what it says either. <laughs> hey. Can we unpack some some Christianese phrases? Yeah, like cool. I always thought that um, uh, it, uh, when church people send you an email or text, um, uh, FYI. Okay, for your information, that's what I. That's think. kind of. Uh, you probably didn't know this, but. <laughs> oh, that's one of those moments. I wish we were. It was video, not just audio, because you you delivered that that with, with 
with a little sauce in your in your face there. <laughs> it was a little teenage uh, girl. FYI. <laughs> little head shake. Indignancy. Yeah, I like that. Okay. We had, when we were kids, we had social media and it was called the prayer chain. <laughs> Once something hit the prayer chain, it went out like wildfire. And it, and it wasn't always dipped in love. It was sometimes had a little gossip thrown in. There's a fine line between, hey, put this on the prayer chain. And did you, did you hear what happened to them? It's, it's a very fine line, isn't it? Yeah. And so that's what I think, I think you're getting at with this FYI um, and, the, and the sauce that comes with that FYI, because there is something, it, it almost implied judgment. Is that, is that, is that fair? It's like uh, whether you're, you're judging, like in the FYI thing, you're saying you're, you're being judgy to me, like, because you haven't yet responded in some way that you should have responded. And so FYI, you know, uh, here, here's where, here's where things are. And, and in the other, the older prayer chain thing, it would be like, we're, we're actually secretly sort of just smuggling some judge worthy information to somebody else, you know, and under guise of, of the, the candy coating of prayer. Pray for them. But here's what we've heard. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you might want to pray for the uh, the Johnsons because they're just going through some tough. Well, here's actually here's the backstory of what happened. I mean, there's that. <laughs> and, you know, if I were a better Christian, I would just say, hey, 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 stop right there. Just prayer chain. Pray for them. That's good. What what did happen? What? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> you know, gossip really gets a pass, doesn't it? When when it comes to uh, when it comes to sin, I mean, it it doesn't it, it's it's not diminished in scripture. Scripture is crystal clear. I mean, I'm sometimes just mystified at how if you if there's a list of you know 17 things that are wrong and murders on that list and 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 thievery's on the list and stealing's on the list and gossip's right there i'm going these are are these equal and and as it turns out in the in the heart of god as he intends the best for us they are equal they they ruin our hearts the same way yeah i uh yeah we we try to classify sin don't we because i mean just i'll just come to the altar but there are certain sins that you uh that you almost allow, and then there are certain sins that are just totally taboo. So, I, I got to ask you this because it, to me, this would, and, and I'm going to throw you under the bus, but then I'm going to crawl under the bus with you, just so you know okay. it's, it's coming. All right. That I think that this is a a professional trap. You know that, in other words, inside of your space as a comedian, and perhaps instead of my space as an academic who is authorized under under the academy to critique all things, both of those could lead you to justify some version of, of gossip. In other words, 
you could use gossip as as the basis for a bit to make people laugh like nobody's business, right? <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. <clears throat> um, yeah, do you have any good news or good gossip for me, by the way? Yeah, because you could use a bit, right? <laughs> and and I, in turn, want to critique you for asking that, and then I want to go public with that critique. You know that, so that's me uh, rising above it, but nonetheless being absolutely in it in a kind of smug, self-righteous way, which is the danger of gossip. Yeah, yeah. I we have uh, we have a, a few friends that just uh, when we gather, they they love to present the the latest, uh, you know, gossip on the, in the town, and yep. I just I get bored with it. I'm like, what do they say? Small minds talk about people and great minds talk about ideas and issues. And I, I love, I love the, the creative process. And that's why I love this with you. It's not a, it's not a gossip fest. It's not a, what somebody did. I mean, do we talk about people in the podcast? <laughs> Absolutely. Because they, they can't defend themselves. And so my, my take is get your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fair. it's all fair. so before there was a podcast what would your take be get your own telephone line i mean what does that mean what is... <laughs> hey, you make you make the effort to rotary dial i i, I already did that <laughs> you you could never be in a hurry when you had the rotary phone <laughs> right, right. Hey, hurry, hurry, close these are coming over. <laughs> well, and and my even, you know, the, the, the phone was in play, but the hot gossip took place with coffee. And in my family, my mom being with, you know, where I was raised, it was it was coffee and cigarettes. And <laughs> You know, so come on over, come on over. <laughs> I'll get the coffee. So the effort there is the coffee and the ashtray, I guess. Um, you know, that was our generation. I had a, I had a grandmother. Same thing. You just never saw her without a cup of coffee and a cig. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes she could chew me out with a cig in her mouth. She could. <laughs> I, I was Davy Paul. Davy, Davy Paul. <laughs> I tell you one more time to get out of cookies. I'm going to come over there and beat you with them. <laughs> and the cig, the cig never, it never moved out of the side of her mouth. <laughs> That's what's fascinating. Is I remember my mom. I don't think of her in that way because I know exactly what you're talking about, and I. That's a hard. I think of her in the glamorous side. The way you held your cigarette that was kind of like very very party centric and, and that's how all of them held it they held it that way and and it was it, that that might have been you know that almost made uh cigarette smoking glamorous and appealing i guess i uh, i think you're right yeah especially when you watch older older movies black and white that, that everybody Everybody smoked. I don't know if you ever saw the uh, 
the series on, uh, I think it was A&E Mad Men. And it was based on uh, an advertising agency in the uh, late 50s and early 60s. And that's one of the things that you see in every episode. I mean, the the, the boardroom is just filled with a big cloud of smoke. Everybody was just smoking all the time. That that I that anchors my childhood memory. Uh, my my mom uh, became obsessed with playing bridge, but it started with with party bridge. That is, so my mom and my dad were. Uh, uh, a couple, they invited a couple over to the house and they, they set up the table for playing bridge. That was their, their deal. And so uh, everybody had cigarettes, ashtrays, mm-hmm. and there's also little dishes of, of candy, like M&Ms on the table. And so, you know, I'm a kid. I, I, I just want to get at the M&Ms, but man, you got to walk into this, this <laughs> lung debilitating smoke fest. And, and endure a little bit of a, you know, teasing from some old, you know, some some codger from my dad's world that I didn't care about. Anyway. Our kids, our kids were shocked when we told them that uh, my dad would send me to uh, a mom and pop grocery store for a carton of smokes. You know, he smoked Kent cigarettes and uh, it was nothing to go pick up. You know, a loaf of bread for mom and a carton of smokes for my dad. I mean, here's a eight, nine year old boy in, in this little tiny grocery store. Yeah, can I get those uh, Kent one hundreds, please? <laughs> well, and so laws laws come up, and from that moment forward to now. So many laws to, you know, sort of correct that that form of child abuse of some sort that you would be free to do that. And yet, I think that those days you're healthier than these days. Hmm. I, a, a kid your age those days who was free to go buy cigarettes without being carded, who was free to sit in the in the backseat of the car without a seatbelt right. uh, or a booster seat or anything like that. I, I just dispute, I think there's probably, probably research if I wasn't lazy, you know, to, to find evidence. I just don't think that we are healthier or safer today than we were at that moment with all the laws. That now we've got to protect. Would you say today we are a bit more, are we hypersensitive? Are we manic? Are we, um, I like what you said. We, we have a neighbor that Betsy works with and, and, uh, they've got a little baby in the, in the house. He's three months old. Shout out to Kingston, which I think that's the, the greatest name ever. Sometimes I call him Montego Bay, but his name is Kingston. And we took him for a walk over the weekend, but they, they, they brought Kingston out in the stroller and it was like uh, it was like Harry Houdini trying to get out of a straitjacket. There was fourteen different knobs and a, a belt and a chain that came over and around the neck and down. I, I'm kind of exaggerating, but I'm not. I thought he's three months old. He's he's not you know a convict where he's going to try to escape and run 
you know, into the country or anything. It's just a, the baby in a stroller for heaven's sake. So I'm with you. I mean, yeah, it yeah, was times have changed. We're, we're much little, more. Yeah. It was a little red. It was a little red wagon. I hope the kid can sit up in it, okay. you know, put, put some pillow around him, you know, and there's a slight chance the baby was going to fall out. Right. I mean, if you hit a bump, the baby's going to fall out. The baby would cry. And then you'd say, knock it off and put the baby back in the wagon. And then you'd go down the alley. You know, this is a moment when, uh, when you and I, uh, as co-host on this podcast are vulnerable because um, neither of us were the primary caregivers of the children that we raised. Is that right? I mean, it's almost like I want Susie and Betsy to sort of swoop in and go, just shut up, you guys. You don't know what you're talking about. As if you ever really took the kids out for a walk, you know? Well, you know, you're, you're right. But I, I, I did take the kid. I can tell you this for a fact. I, I've always enjoyed riding my bike. And I felt once kids came along, it wasn't going to stop me from riding my bike. So <laughs> this is the early 90s when Alex was born. We had a, for lack of better terms, like kind of one of those baby carriers that gets on your back, like a book bag, but it had holes in it for a baby. I would take him for bike rides across town in that little, you know, book bag. Type of thing, no helmet, nothing. Just I don't know if that's you weren't wearing a helmet. He's not wearing a helmet. So Mm -hmm. did you ever in your mind? Did you ever kind of calculate like, okay, if I do, if I hit something, if I hit a curb or I hit something, I'm going overboard. How will I land so that? Um, I I don't know. Did you did you actually plan out if I land this way, I'll get hurt? And Alex won't, or did you land? Did you think, you know what? Alex could cushion my landing. I'll be fine. Yeah. If that baby, if that baby could protect my hip from hitting the ground. (laughs) No, I mean, it's the same. It's the same mentality that, that my grandma, the grandma that they talked about that had the smoke and the, and the cough. I sat in between her arm and the car door when I was a toddler. I mean, <laughs> what were we thinking? <laughs> Other than hey, sit here right here on my lap while, while Granny drives, and I'm gonna roll down the window, and uh, you can look out the window. You can hang out the window if you'd like while we do sixty down the highway. And I don't care. I mean, yeah, wow. This conversation, this conversation was needed today, my friend, because I. Uh, I called out a buddy yesterday, a guy I've known for 20, 25 years. And, and, uh, it was, a it was an ugly conversation. It was, it was nasty. And, uh, I had to be the recipient of some of his venom and anger. So this conversation today was, uh, was therapeutic for me. I, been a long time since I've had a phone call where uh, I had to receive that, and um, yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah, I'm still licking my wounds today, so this this is needed, buddy. Thanks. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm glad for that uh, that that healing, but I also I can sense the pain of that experience. And so so uh, you if I'm getting the sequence right, you called somebody out and then that, then you, then you received 
the whiplash of uh, of pain and and yeah. apparently some of that at least stuck. Like you go, there's some truth to this, and that and that makes it even harder to hear. Is that fair? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, this this was set in motion probably two or three years ago. Uh, he went down a route uh, professionally that I just I didn't. I didn't subscribe to, I didn't, um, didn't buy it. And most of his circle of Christian friends did not buy it either. So it wasn't just me being an isolated, I don't agree. There was, it was numerous. And we've talked about this before in a podcast that you surround yourself with people you love and trust and that you align with spiritually, emotionally, the whole nine yards. And so he sort of alienated himself and I, I called him out. You know, the last couple of years, a few a text here and there, a call here and there. And uh, so I, I think the uh, the conversation yesterday, his take was don't don't give me the Christian nonsense that you're a believer and yet you discarded me and and uh, so Yeah. Wow. Uh, those are oh boy, I, I you know you did a nice job representing something that I think is not uncommon. I mean, first of all, you you grow the courage to to try to say something to somebody that is it comes from. A, I mean, you're not well, good to go back to our gossip. It's not coming from a, a fun place. You're not trying to be playful. You're not trying to make hay on there. You're actually trying to. Uh, call them back to a, a better version of themselves because you love them and uh, and you hope that, that will work. But in stepping into it, you 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 don't know what their condition is in their heart and how they're going to respond. And 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 frankly, there's a lot of times when somebody's when the truth lays on us uh, from somebody that we didn't ask for. Our first instincts are defensive and to fight back and to just kind of flail and lash out in anger and be defense, you know, just, just get people off your back. Just, just, you know, um, and that's, and so that's, yeah. when, that's when some, some, uh, things are said that reveal what was in their heart. That's just, Oh my, this is, I didn't know this was going on. And it hurts to hear it. And honestly, there's something about it. That's got some truth to it, that that's what really hurts. I wish I could stand and go, no, 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 no. There's nothing about what you said is true. Almost always there's something about what they said that was true. Well, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, imagine one of your contemporaries, a guy that you work with, you, you've been in battle with, front line of the spiritual battlefield, you know, 20 years. And then they take a route that you know is wrong. And I'll just, I'll be very, very candid and and honest with you. It's, the, it's a dear brother, but he started a a website, Christian Cannabis. Could there be a crazier oxymoron than Christian Cannabis? And what what joker is going to come alongside him and say, that's a great idea? And I flat out told him that's the that's gonna be probably the, the dumbest, the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. And I'm one of the dumbest people on the face of the earth. For me to say that's the dumbest idea, 
And uh, so did I Did I desert him in a way? I, I did. But before I deserted a couple of years ago, I gave him my, my thought. And um, so there's the, a little bit more of the backstory, FYI. <laughs> but I, and how many, <laughs> and I'm concerned, how many of our, of our listeners now are, are at, has put us on pause so they control the website and find Christian Cannabis and go, okay. Well, it, it's not going to be hard to find. Yeah. Wow. I just, uh, so all the, all the, all the nastiness that was, you know, boiling up in his heart, it came out yesterday in a call and, uh, and, uh, I, I took it, Yeah. but I also, I also, I'm not going to let up on my stance either. Yeah. So boy, this, this podcast got real, it got really deep. It got really heavy. I could, I could probably use a, a gummy right about now just to kind of. <laughs> is that, that see, I didn't realize that's, that makes sense. If you're going to have Christian cannabis, put it in the form of a gummy. That makes sense. Cause, cause you don't want, you don't want your, you don't want grandma's cigarette hanging out. That's a different form of the cannabis. Hey, hey, don't ruin my high by getting into my stuff, David. Hey, these these gummies have got a verse on it, so it can't be that bad. <laughs> you, better, you better adjust a little bit of God's word here, brother. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, you're I think this is why we do a podcast because you're the kind of person. You're not going to sit back and hit the mute button if you see something or don't align with that you don't believe in, especially if it's a a brother in Christ. You're not going to keep your tongue, are you? No, I, I hope not. I mean, it, you know, the truth is sometimes sometimes I get tired of of uh, walking into the the place where the the bullets are going to fly and and uh, and. If I'm as courageous as I want to be, I want to say the truth to people and I want to do it as lovingly as I can. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I got to tell you, I'm just a little uh, relieved by the way this is going. There was a moment where I was thinking, is this, is this a Nathan and David, Nathan the prophet confronting David now? Are you setting me up? for a moment when you are about to tell me something that I, you know, you're going to call me out. Okay. So it's not about, not about that. Right. You're not never, never, ever. You would be the last person on my list that I would ever call out. Now, if you happen to start up a, uh, uh, a Christian smoking company or, you know, something like that, I, I may call you out, but, uh, I, yeah, it, it's and even Betsy, when I got done with the phone call, she just says your even your body language is just oh. defeated, you know? And, uh, I think that's probably the, the part that, that, that hurts the most is, uh, it wasn't just a, some casual acquaintance, but a, a guy we have history together. So, yeah. and I, I think that there's a, there's a, a place that Christians are called to be with one another where we 
literally are called to absorb somebody's pain, whatever mm-hmm. form that comes from. And so it might come at us in unfair accusations because that's who they are at that moment. They're out of whack with everybody in their world, including and most especially God. And because of that, there is, they're not capable of being at that moment, the best they can be. I mean, I've, I've been in those kind of rooms too, where, where they're the, your word venom makes a lot of sense because it feels like it's a it's you know even as their words come out of their mouth it feels like it's not unrelated to the enemy sort of working venomous stuff in them and through them and it and so you go they could spew this stuff at you yeah and it and uh, man it's uh it's it's painful to receive it's uh it's crushing to consider that that's their state their heart right now because that that's probably that's probably the bigger deal than actually the fact that i've got wounded here is that they're yeah right they're in a i heard uh, along with what you just said so eloquently i heard a pastor say years ago that he had a friend that was able to to tune a piano that was his job he tuned pianos but he had he had that that pitchfork that little not a pitchfork but a <laughs> <laughs> he was also a farmer. <laughs> Once they're getting done with the hay, I'm going to go over to the neighbor's house and handle their piano. I got to, but first I got to, I got to, I got to get the manure out of the hay with my okay. hay truck over there. I'm sure that this. If I just flick the end of my pitchfork, I'll get that. I think you're tuning. Listeners, listeners, you're never allowed to make a mistake on this podcast. Last week, you were slung, and this week, I'm a pitchfork instead of a tuning fork. (laughs) We almost got through an entire podcast without making such an egregious vocabulary error. <laughs> I blame the fact that I blame the fact that we're recording a bit earlier today. This is a nine thirty recording. Yeah. Hey, I don't I don't do anything very well after until afternoon. So yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what the story I was going to tell, but <laughs> it was a, a tuning fork piano guy. Okay, it's not going to matter. Even <laughs> if I get done with the story, you're still going to go after something. But. <laughs> He would take the tuning fork and tune the piano, and then his his you know the, the analogy was if you're not in tune with God, everything's out of tune. So there there went that oh. story right. Out the you, know you like the pitchfork story you're, better, didn't you? Wait, you're 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 right. The the true story that's just a letdown. That is that's a. <laughs> We are Fresh Catch 2.0, and we will try to do better next time around.